the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. He must think nobody's been paying attention. Yeah, remember James Comey? The big, tall, arrogant creep who used to be FBI director? He was very much aware of and very much involved in uh, the Russia collusion hoax, as you probably know. And he actually should be the poster child for everything that's wrong with the FBI and why it needs to be broken into a million little pieces. He was a guest on a show that nobody watches on MSNBC that's being hosted by Jen Psaki. Remember her? She spent about a year trying to convince people that Joe Biden isn't senile. Listen to this exchange. You were a Republican most of your life, uh, but voted for, and you may still consider yourself one, but voted for Biden in 2020. Do you intend to vote for him again, or is there anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden, and, and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. And I, I'm not talking about policy. People can disagree about policy. There are things above those disagreements that all of us should think about the same way. The president must be someone who abides the law in our Constitution. And there's no one else but Joe Biden. <laughs> and there's no one else. It must be uh, somebody who abides the law. I think that's what he said. Must be Joe Biden. This is the same guy that caused the current FBI director to be threatened with um, contempt of Congress before he finally turned over a document that very well could show that Joe took a $5 million bribe. We don't have to spend any time going into his son and what it's, all his uh, everything that showed uh, that Joe was up to on his laptop, but we want somebody who abides the law, and nobody represents that more than Joe Biden. Oh, boy. Liberals love Comey now. He loves them. What a heartwarming story. When we come back, uh, Daniel Greenfield, who's written a book about what a rotten president Barack Obama was, and how he, with the help of the FBI, tried to destroy Donald Trump. And in our second half hour, Senator Tim Scott confronted the airheads on The View who said he, a black man, doesn't know what it's like to be a black man because he's a Republican. Stick around. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And J&D Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Hey, are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. This is John Steigerwald. Mike didn't just stop at the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, made from the world's best cotton called Giza. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, with prices starting as low as $29.98. These sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code STAG at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and MyPillow towel sets. 
Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-716-8087 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code STAG. Remember, this sale won't last forever, so don't miss out. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. AM 1250, The Answer. Brandon Tatum, unafraid to tell it like it is. On the next Officer Tatum show, a lot of people have gotten upset with me about the things that I've said about Donald Trump. And I'll say this, I I love Donald Trump, what he did for this country, but we have to be open to have constructive criticism of people who are running this country. And if you can't criticize the man, you are in a cult. Let's talk about it more on the next Officer Tatum show. The Officer Tatum show, later tonight at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I guess, uh, hey, Mike, uh, we're having a little trouble getting our guest. Uh, Mike, can we, uh, let's just uh, use some of the stuff we had planned for later. I'll do that. And while we're waiting to get get, uh, through to uh, Daniel, I hope we get him. Um, So, uh, first of all, just a little bit more on um, James Comey. You know, we mentioned him in the open, and he, you heard the soundbite from him, the arrogance of this guy. And uh, he, he also went on to say that he has to be, you have to be really careful that Donald Trump doesn't get elected because he could uh, be seeking vengeance for the things that were done to him. And he's going to be coming after people as if that wouldn't be a good thing if he was coming after the people who did the things that they did that, that, that happened to Donald Trump – the people in the FBI, and I don't have to go into all the details of everything we know that happened there. So, um, but uh, Comey is just the arrogance is just un- unbelievable. And I, I think I was going to get into some stuff uh, which we'll do in the second half hour uh, with with Tim Scott of uh, South Carolina. We'll get to that in the second half hour. Meanwhile, uh, there are plenty of people. Uh, who think that Barack Obama is serving his uh, third term right now by pulling uh, Joe Biden's you know, puppet strings, which would mean he's done even more damage than he did in his first two terms, and that's saying something. Uh, Daniel Greenfield is a contributor to a new book called Barack Obama's True Legacy, How He Transformed America, and Daniel joins us now. Daniel, thanks for being on the show again. appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. So he promised to uh, transform America, and enough voters thought that was a good idea to elect him twice. So he succeeded? Oh, we certainly are living in a very different country than we did in 2007. I don't, uh, can't think of anybody from both sides who doesn't agree with that. 
And it's important to understand that the transformation is still going on, that we're living in a different country than we did in 2019. We remember those days. And if there's another term with those same people in power, we're going to be living in an even much more transformed country uh, come 2029. So what, what just um, off the top of your head, what would be something that has been transformed to the degree that you just mentioned there and, and, and in a bad way? Well, for an example, and this is something people have really forgotten, it's changed so dramatically. One example is just race relations. Things were actually mm-hmm. pretty good, and we know this based on polls. We know this because black people, white people, people in general being polled, and most people actually said race relations are pretty good. They were saying this in 2007. Fast forward to the so-called first black president of the United States, and people now routinely say that race relations are bad. Um, is that because, you know, People became much more racist in those years. No, it's because uh, the country was fundamentally transformed. It was transformed politically. It was transformed culturally. How did he pull it off, though? What, what, could he, what did he do purposely to make race relations worse? So we think of the Black Lives Matter movement. We often think of it in terms of the incredibly massive catastrophic race riots that happened in 2020. But this was an election strategy that goes back to Obama's second term, or rather his attempt to secure a second term, and even this attempt to really secure um, results in the midterm election. Uh, fast forward to um, 2010, uh, you know, Obama is facing a complete disaster at the polls, and this often happens with the administration. Voters turn out and they watch the other party to Congress. Uh, Obama was not taking that line down. And he began really pushing aggressive uh, racial stuff. Before that, he had not really been doing it. Um, he'd actually, you know, obviously was pushing a assorted radical leftist agenda, but he wasn't really pushing the race card, the racial buttons in this kind of way. Uh, this is really the real origin of the, what becomes the Black Lives Matter movement. And by 2012, it's pushed up to all the way to 11 with completely disastrous, um, aggressive, claims of racism, and eventually race riots, racial protests, um, everything that we now take for granted. Well, white liberals obviously bought what he was selling because he already had the black vote. He didn't have to do anything to get more support from blacks. So uh, he convinced white liberals. Was it guilt? Was it uh, what, what caused white liberals and maybe even some non-liberals to support him based on race? Well, it's important to understand that uh, Marxism in Europe, socialism in Europe and America uh, came to be transformed into with race replacing class. So instead of talking a lot about the economic issues, about the working class, they no longer talk about the working class. They talk about um, oppression of, suffered by people of color. So to really white leftists, to liberals, to Democrats, uh, you know, the Civil rights movement became this massive touchstone, this justification for all their power. And this was a big reason of why Obama was elected and why all these policies have been pushed forward so much. Uh, because their basis for seizing power is to claim that the country is oppressive, uh, not necessarily economically oppressive, but racially oppressive. So Obama was the perfect front man to pull that off, to say that we need leftist power, we need this aggressive transformation of America because America is racist. And this is what we now see on a daily basis in the culture, in the media, even in corporate America. So how much did he set back race relations, if it's possible to measure it? He, he, you mentioned that the polls showed that things were pretty good before he showed up, and now they're not. So how, how big is the difference? Yeah, we went all the way back to the 70s, um, in some ways even worse, because back then people generally were optimistic about forward progress. For the first time, we realized people are not optimistic about forward progress in race relations and economics and anything. You look at the poll numbers broadly, Americans don't think anything's going to get any better. How much did uh, Obama have to do with the Russia collusion hoax? Uh, you know, that very much was an election strategy. It was the only possible way to attempt to put Hillary Clinton into office. It was incredibly unpopular at the time. And once that clearly was not happening, it was a way to go after the incoming administration, the Trump administration, and also to unroll this massive censorship system. So the Obama administration was in power. They oversaw it. Their people were responsible for it. And their people now in the Biden administration are still pushing claims of disinformation, 
thing that we need to regulate tech companies to prevent misinformation from spreading on social media, claiming that misinformation is a threat to democracy. And you actually will see Obama still doing his tour and saying how, you know, we can't have a country with separate facts. We can't have a, a functioning system if we disagree about what the facts are. And, you know, how do you agree on what the facts are? You can have a debate about it, but Obama's answer is, you're not going to have a debate about it. We need to make everybody agree by suppressing misinformation. This is something that very much comes out of Russiagate because Russiagate began with the claim that the Russians were somehow um, posting things on Facebook and somehow Trump got elected because of that. Obviously, this was a lie, but it was also a means to create massive censorship. And so we know his people were very much involved in it, um, including Joe Biden. But in your book, and we're talking to uh, Daniel Greenfield, he's a contributor to a new book called Barack Obama's True Legacy, How He Transformed America. How much of it, based on uh, the reporting that you guys have done in this book, how much of it was um, hands-on, and how much of it, you know, could he be called in any way the mastermind of this, of, of going after Trump the way they did and using the FBI? So it's important to note that Obama was not a brilliant mastermind, but there are people behind him who absolutely were. And those are the same people who are behind the, the, um, sorry, the Biden administration. Uh, those are the same people who are still in office. They're still forming this elaborate partnership. They've tied together the Department of Justice. And it's those people who are actually continuing to target conservatives. Uh, they will go after parents who protest the school board meetings. They will go after any kind of political opposition uh, because what they are after is a totalitarian system. We see this at the state level in places like California and New York, and we're seeing this nationally through the Biden administration. Everybody expected Hillary Clinton to be Obama's third term right up until the end. I didn't give Hillary much of a chance. Uh, did the Obama crowd, many of whom, as you said, are back in power with Biden, did they know before he left the White House that they were going to do everything they could to destroy Trump? You know, from November to January when the election had been decided and they still had three or four months to work their magic in there? Oh, absolutely. This was a very clear, uh, this was a very clear agenda and one that uh, began early on. You don't pull off something like this at the last minute. Uh, you have to coordinate different federal agencies. And we know some of this was actually being reported on in the media. We know some of these uh, groups were covertly coordinating together. Um, all the various leaks that happened, all the various investigations that were triggered, even now we're reaching with the National Archives after Trump left office. This was a so-called resistance operating within the Trump administration, and it's still operating, except it's not the resistance anymore, it's actually the government. And the Democrats have always done this before, you know, during the Bush administration, they had the federal bureaucrats who would undermine and sabotage any kind of initiatives, but they didn't actually go full-throatedly after the actual president. Uh, they did not do something like this. This was a straight-out coup, and it was something that was very new and an artifact of the um, of the Obama era. Yeah, and did they um, uh, did they get away with it? I mean, are they ever going to be caught? I mean, we know we kind of know, but they're, they're, nobody's paid a price for it. No, and nobody will. Uh, we've seen every effort uh, to investigate to bring some kind of justice sabotage. One of the striking things in the Durham cases, uh, he actually did bring charges in two cases, and you have D.C. juries who basically were composed of government employees saying that, uh, no, no matter how clear the evidence is, we are no, in no possible way going to convict anybody. The uh, name of the book is Obama's True Legacy, How He Transformed America. Uh, how hard was, and Daniel Greenfield's one of the contributors, who else contributed to this book, Daniel? Uh, a lot of talented people, Robert Spencer, um, General Flynn wrote the introduction, Joseph Klein, one of my colleagues, um, Jamie Glazov uh, edited the book. So we have a lot of talented people in there, and I think it's worth a read. How much of a project was it? I mean, was it and how long did you work on it? Well, you know, we brought together some talented people to cover things. Um, and, you know, you had to do this kind of comprehensive look at the uh, Obama legacy, which was a big project. So we had people who have different, you know, we have somebody who knew Obama back in the day. We have other people who were focusing on immigration, on terrorism, on international relations, on race relations. So, you know, a book like this can't capture everything. It would unfortunately be like the Black Book of Communism would have to have volume after volume. 
but this is a start at explaining things. Well, the uh, the the, the um, description of the book on Amazon says um, this this, uh, this book is uh, Barack Obama's true legacy is a one volume guide to how the Democratic Party went so drastically wrong and why it is such a dangerous and catastrophic force in the White House and the country at large today. And it all goes back to one man, Barack Hussein Obama. So, I mean, you guys are laying it right on him. He wasn't just the, he wasn't just there and letting it happen. You're saying it, he's, the, he's the man. I mean, he obviously was the man. He was the guy who was at the White House. You know, yeah. just like Biden, the buck stops with the guy who's right there. And Obama was a career veteran leftist activist. So he certainly knew what was going on. Do you think uh, this group was determined enough to create a pandemic and fix the election? Were they that bad? Uh, certainly the people who were pushing this, um, public health bureaucrats, were Obama supporters. We know this from the top down, whether it's Fauci, whether it's the state-level people. Uh, they benefited massively from it. And we still don't know about the role of China. China's role is, of course, the still uh, big unspoken question in all this. Yeah, what about foreign policy? How much of what is going on in the world right now uh, is a result of uh, Obama's eight years in the White House? Much of it, certainly, for example, the rise of ISIS um, is entirely attributable to him. Uh, the entire, you know, most of the current conflicts in the Middle East date back to actions that he took during his term. So it's a big part of it. I get the the thing that uh, that is always uh, interesting to try to determine is how much of this was based on incompetence and how much of it was based on being a pretty smart guy and knowing how to destroy America. You really the left uh, its big genius is being able to understand and undermine systems. They can't really create anything, but they're pretty good at destroying it. It's like burglars. Um, they can figure out how to break into a house. This is what the left does. It breaks into systems, it turns them against us, but it never actually produces much of anything. So uh, what the left teaches is analysis of power. Obama was good at that. He understood the potential of the White House, he understood the potential of the administration, um, but only when it came to destroying America, not when it came to actually building up anything. Was he a Manchurian candidate, as it turned out? Uh, he was very much in the sense that people believed that he was something other than he claimed to be. Um, every, anybody who believed that he produced anything positive was, of course, taken for a ride. And, you know, there are basic questions even about his um, citizenship, about his background. Uh, all that is still unresolved. The really influential biography that came out right at the end that he was leaving office revealed some of his lies, revealed that his memoirs were a bunch of lies, which conservatives said all along. But there's still a lot of questions that probably will never be answered. Uh, was or is uh, he a national security threat? I think you mentioned that uh, somewhere in the uh, in the advertisement for the book. I don't think a national security threat uh, suffices to talk about somebody who's controlling national security. Um, you have somebody who has access to classified information as a national security threat. When you've got the president of the United States who is working actively against the United States, was using elements of national security agencies to go after his political opponents, that, that's a whole other story. That's like uh, saying that Hitler was a national security threat or Stalin. <laughs> These are yeah. people who are in power and they're completely destroying and waging war from their position. Well, there, you've, I'm sure you've seen the famous soundbite from him where he's being interviewed and he says, um, he's being asked about a third term and he's disappointed that he can't have a third term, but he wouldn't mind staying in Washington and sitting there with a microphone with a, you know, and speaking in whoever the new president's ear was and directing him. Did he pull that off with Joe Biden? I don't think he needed to because all his people are there. All his people are on the scene directing Biden. So he doesn't actually need to take time out of his busy schedule. And he usually hated Biden. He never liked him. Right. Uh, he tried to undermine him. He opposed him running for office. But now that Biden is in office, it's effectively his third term because it's always old people for pushing all the buttons. So he's getting what he wants. So you, and he gets to play as much golf as he wants. Not that we didn't already know it. You've made a pretty good case for making sure that uh, Joe Biden doesn't get another term. Daniel, uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and good luck with the book. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, that's Daniel Greenfield. The book is Barack Obama's True Legacy, 
how he transformed America. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Former Vice President Mike Pence has filed paperwork declaring his campaign for president in 2024, setting up a challenge to his former boss, Donald Trump. Pence, the nation's 48th vice president, will formally launch his bid for the Republican nomination with a video and kickoff event in Des Moines, Iowa, on Wednesday. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu has announced he won't be running for president. Governor Sununu told CNN he's decided not to challenge former President Trump for the party's nomination and that he can help to improve the GOP in other ways. He says instead he'll focus his energy on making the party bigger and looking for opportunities to help the country. Sununu had been floated as a possible candidate for months but failed to gain traction in the polls. Bob Agnew reporting. Stocks are lower. The Dow is down 190 points. The Nasdaq losing 25. This is SRN News. The government is spying on you. No surprise, I know. But did you know the banks are helping them? And did you know that withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Let Swiss America educate you about this. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government, and they report any behavior they think is suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. This new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. This war on cash is growing daily, and it also includes all forms of digital money. So please, get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. Message and data rates may apply. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. Is the whole world going nuts? Honestly, is everybody going crazy? The whole country is going bat crap crazy. Chick-fil-A is now regurgitating diversity, equity, and inclusion garbage. Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekday mornings at 9, right before Del Walmsley at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? This is Beth Andrews from NetWorth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why NetWorth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the NetWorth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800-426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. NetWorth Advisors, 800-426-1428. Firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Networth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are traveling back to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel Tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and sign up today. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you won't want to miss. Register today before it's too late. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855 855- 565-5519 That's 855-565-5519 AM 1250 and FM 92.5 The Answer WPGP Pittsburgh A division of Salem Media Group Listen on the Answer mobile app Smart speakers Tune in iHeart or Odyssey AM 1250 The Answer Weather Clear skies expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 55. Mostly sunny tomorrow, breezy in the afternoon with a thunder shower. Smoke from distant wildfires can cause hazy skies and poor air quality. Tomorrow's high, 78. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 51. Partly sunny Wednesday, we'll see a refreshing afternoon breeze. Expect a high Wednesday of 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it's hard to believe that anybody uh, actually watches that uh, television show known as The View. It has um, two comedians and a a comic actress 
and uh, a couple other people, some a quasi Republican, and they. I think it started out when Barbara Walters came up with the idea. It was a brilliant idea for a show. It was all women sitting around just kind of talking, and and it was a female perspective uh, at a time of day when more women are watching during the, you know, it was a daytime show. And somehow over time it has evolved into uh, a show that they talk about politics. And I I think uh, Donald Trump is what really uh, ruined the show for them because they – hate him so much that they can't talk about anything else. And that's all. And so they've become a political show. And so what's supposed to be or started out as a show where you talk, maybe you mix in some cultural stuff, but you don't really get into politics. And it's just a, a nice show for women, you know, maybe uh, talking about women's issues, um, maybe personalities, you know, um, celebrity talk, that kind of stuff, because you had Barbara Walters who was famous for interviewing celebrities, and Rosie O'Donnell was on the show. I think she was just on for her looks because she was really pretty, but um, there, uh, she was on the show. And other, you know, Anyway, they, they just um, – the, the, the show has evolved into what you would think would have become an unwatchable show. It's still on the air, so somebody must be watching it. It must still have good enough ratings to – well, it obviously does, or it wouldn't have survived. Um, so, anyway, um, as an, an example of that, uh, Senator Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina, he announced that he was running for president last week. He happens to be black, in case you didn't know. And Joy Behar, who's one of the panelists on this show and is described as a comedian, she might have been funny at one time. She's not anymore. Um, and so she's a moderately funny comedian, maybe. And I don't know, maybe if you look back and found her stand-up routine from 20 years ago, maybe she'd make you laugh. I don't know, but it's probably been a long time since she's actually said something really funny or really original. So anyway, the story was that Tim Scott from South Carolina had announced that he was running for president, and uh, Joy... Uh, made this comment. It was such a stupid comment that she actually won an award last week. She was named the AM1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week last Friday for saying this. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's really funny, Joy. It's just really funny. It's an unbelievably moronic statement that uh, both Clarence Thomas and Tim Scott, both of whom grew up in really... Uh, a really poor environment um, and uh, experienced racism, especially Thomas because he's older. And this idiot, Joy Behar, who's not funny and not very smart, says that a black man doesn't understand what it's like to be a black man. That's what she said. And she still has a job. And some of the other people on the panel kind of agreed with it. Uh, Sonny Hostin, who's uh, – I don't know how she emerged as a – I don't know that much about her background. Apparently, she's really wealthy, and she's married to um, an attorney, and she's an attorney, and she has a son who goes to Harvard. So she, she's been really oppressed in her life. But she's a, she's, a, um, she's a panelist on the show, and she pretty much was going along with the idiot, idiotic statement that uh, Joy Behar made. So guess who showed up today to be on The View? But guess who wasn't there today? Now, I don't know. Maybe today was Joy Behar's scheduled day off. Maybe she woke up with a headache. Maybe she has a tummy ache. For some reason, she didn't come to work. Um, I don't know. But she didn't show up today. But Tim Scott did. And watch how he hit, listened to. You can't watch. I wish you could. In this case, you can't. You have to watch it somewhere else. But listen to how well he handles this. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't get um, confrontational. He doesn't even raise his voice. And he shows up today 
to uh, talk to the group there, Whoopi and uh, Joy. Well, Joy wasn't there and the other people. So here, just this is a kind of a long clip. It's a couple, three minutes, but you have to really hear it to understand it. Yet you say that your life disproves uh, left leftist lies. And, and yes. my question to you is, I'm the exception, right? You're the exception. Maybe even Miss Whoopi Goldberg is the exception. Oh, she's but, definitely the but, exception. But we are not the rule. <laughs> and so when it comes to racial inequality, it persists in, in five core aspects of life in the U.S. Economics, education, health care, criminal justice, and housing. At nearly every turn, these achievements were fought, threatened, and erased, most often by white violence. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me ask, answer the uh, question that you've answered. Does it ex- or does it even exist yeah. in your mind? Let me, let me uh, answer the question this way. One of the things I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, I can't but it Im- is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America. Because he believed that having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Every kid today can look just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. Because every time folks make 40 steps forward, they get dragged 40 steps back. So how do we, as a, as a, as a nation, because as a nation, we, we seemingly get on the right track and then we go backwards. So how can you get your party to stop trying to stop the progression that people are making? Because yeah, so that's what I complained about when, when I spoke about yeah. I want you to come out and say, listen, the Republicans have these issues. So Yeah, I think... Yeah. Humans have these issues. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the issue of discrimination that I have faced, I assume you face as well, uh-huh. is an issue of the heart. Mm-hmm. It's not Republicans or Democrats. Frankly, both sides of the aisle can do better job on the issue of race. And frankly, my side of the aisle, I think, is doing a fabulous job of making progress. The statistical reality that we can't even argue with is that African Americans are what, 14, 15 percent of 13%. this country? 13 percent. And they're 3 percent of the U.S. Senate. That is is only one statistic that in actuality has been improving significantly in the last decade. Let's take a a look at the number of African-Americans that have served in the Senate in the last 10 years. Mo Cowan Mm -hmm. from from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. You have Cory Booker. You have myself. You have Kamala Harris. You have Warnock. So the fact of the matter is that in less than the last decade, we've had about half... Of all the African Americans who've ever served in the Senate in the last decade, which means that this nation is making measurable progress in real time. Yeah, uh, 40 steps forward and 40 steps back is what Whoopi Goldberg says. And those, that's one of those statements that you can make and everybody just nods their head. Uh, unfortunately, Tim Scott was not uh, there for a debate necessarily. But if I'm there, I, I would say, well, okay, why don't you give me an example of that, uh, Whoopi? Give me one area where 40 steps forward were taken, and since then, 40 steps have been taken back. I'd like to hear one example of it, because you know what? doesn't exist. But that's one of those things that she, and, and I think when she says it, she's um, 
she's genuine. She she actually believes that, and because she wants to believe it. But again, just give me some examples of that. And you're pushing back, uh, and says Republicans are pushing back. I should say. Um, so, what about the schools? Who's pushing back? In education, because she mentioned education, or Sonny Hostin mentioned education. Uh, the Democrats love teachers' unions. Teachers' unions hate, hate school choice. Black voters have said that they love school choice. I've still never been able to figure it out why they, the polls show that they like school choice, but they keep showing up and voting for people who hate it. I've never been able to figure that out, but that's what they do. They, as a as a voting block, not everyone obviously, but as you know, the stats show that blacks vote against candidates who think that black kids should not be stuck in urban schools where they can't read when they get to the eighth grade or when they get to the twelfth grade, which they shouldn't even get to. And that's not just blacks, but in in the in the schools, they're they're graduating people who read at a fifth or sixth grade level. Um, that's not helping anybody. Uh, and 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 things like um, uh, climate change. Whoopi Goldberg is is very much uh, for the people who are very much interested in stopping the change of the climate, which you can't do. But they they think that they can. And we've had guests here from the Project 21, the Black Leadership Network, who will tell you that the, they'll give you examples of how climate change, electric vehicles, for example, are terrible for blacks who live in urban areas because they can't plug the cars in because they, they live in, in uh, rental properties that don't have someplace to park your car where you can plug it in. That's just one. There's all kinds of other uh, reasons why the the cost of energy going up, which hurts low income people, which unfortunately means that it hurts blacks more than most. Um, so they make these statements that Republicans are pushing back forty steps forward for black people and forty steps back, and it's it's just not true. It's just not happening. If if you can't see the progress that's been made, then it's hopeless for you. And I'm not saying that that there aren't remnants of of, uh, everything that Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin were talking about. And they're always going to be there. As Tim Scott said, it's because of humans, not because of Republicans. So uh, good for Tim Scott. Hey, he could end up being vice president of the United States. Who knows? He's not going to be president. Everybody knows he's not going to win the presidency. But, hey, he's out there. And uh, Republicans love him. So we'll see what happens with that. But. Um, Good for him for showing up on the show and showing the view, and um, I don't think showing their audience because they keep coming back to watch for some reason, but showing them all what idiots they are on the view. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you, and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Let's see, if something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. 
MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 888-SHARE-19. That's 888-SHARE-19. 888-SHARE-19. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, it's uh, June 5th. By my calculations, we have 25 days left for Pride Month. I don't know what can be said <laughs> in the next 25 days that hasn't been said already. I mean, you know, how many times can you say, we don't hate you, we're not going to discriminate against you, we think that you should be loved by your family and your friends and that you should be uh, allowed to get married if you want to. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the law now. I mean, we got 25 days left. How much, what, what more can be said? But, you know, they got to be filled with something. Now, in case you missed it, the Pride Parade in Toronto included, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding, there are Obviously, there are women in the crowd and kids. It included a guy who was totally naked, walking down the street with a bunny face. He had like a, a mask on of a rabbit. That's all. That's all he was wearing. Not. I mean, we're not talking about almost naked. Completely naked. Everything was hanging out there. Okay, he's walking down the street. Women are snickering. They're taking pictures, of course, with their cell phones, you know. And this is, this is how we sp- we're supposed to celebrate Pride Month. And this was, what's the date today? I said the 5th, so 4th, 3rd. It was uh, probably the 3rd. We still had uh, like 27, 28 days to go when this guy did this. So that's where we are um, for, for Pride Month. And this is what we're supposed to celebrate this guy Walking now, we're talking about a main street, and of course, broad daylight, walking down the street, totally and completely naked, and people are thinking it's just wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful that he's now. What if they had a? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what kind of a Memorial Day parade, and you know, one of the participants decided to walk down the street naked. How fast would he be? arrested for indecent exposure. How is it not indecent exposure because of the theme of the parade? It's still a naked man walking down the street in front of everybody. If that's okay, if everybody wants to be okay with that, fine. But what what would happen, you know, if they had a parade for the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup and Sidney Crosby decided to run down the street naked, you know? (laughs) How would people react? Would they think that was okay? Or, oh, yeah, he's happy. You know, they won the championship. So that's what happened in Toronto. Now, meanwhile, uh, I see that it's getting a lot of attention, and I actually happened to see this uh, when she did it. Megan Kelly, who does a really good podcast, she uh, talked about how she's done with the whole transgender thing and with the pronouns. And she kind of uh, did a rant that got a lot of attention online where she said, you know, I started out, if I, I respected the pronouns, if someone 
was a transgender uh, man who was actually a woman and wanted to be referred to as she or her, I did it. And she said, you know, I, I thought, what can it hurt? I, I, they, they, they go through enough. The people who have um, dysphoria, they, they have enough problems. I, I, can, I can do that. What's it hurt? And then she finally realized that, that, that the pronouns are the gateway. They're the gateway to the whole thing. And she said it's like a gateway drug. If you are, if you are willing, the whole, the whole point of the whole movement is to convince people that they should accept something, uh, just, just, they should just absolutely refuse to accept reality or, or promote a fantasy that a person can on Tuesday be a man and Wednesday say he's a woman and using the pronouns and being called a bigot, which is a really bad word. It's a really bad thing for someone to call you and a really bad thing for uh, to be known for, uh, to be known as a bigot. So if you don't use the pronouns, you're a bigot. And the, you, there are plenty of videos on on, up on Twitter of transgender people in tears talking about how what a traumatic thing it was uh, for this person who looks 1,000% like a man is crying because someone refers to him as he. If you can convince people to, to, to refer to someone like that as she or her, then they're on their way to accepting the whole thing. So I've been where Megan is for a long time. If you're a man, you're he or him. Not to me. There ain't no she. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs>